better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Howdy, Minnie. (laughs) Mrs. Pearl. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt. Just getting started. Here we go on a Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, however you're tuning in, wherever. Really appreciate you being a part of the show. And lots of ways for you to do that. Comment, call, text, all of that. Yeah, we got to cover basketball. Nail in the coffin. Well, it is at least in terms of getting a bid. Right, and so if you're Mississippi State men's basketball, you got to go win the SEC tournament if you want to play in the NCAA tournament. But I have a totally different angle to get to that than what I've, you know, the the drift I've caught from other people, and even some other media people and stuff. So we'll get to that first, and then there's some news in the football world today uh, that we can get to. Grambling has made a very notable hire, someone to coach the offense at Grambling who. You're definitely going to recognize this name if you haven't seen it already. So that and much more. A few trips down memory lane. I learned something today in the sports notes, like the on this day stuff that regarding uh, Major League Baseball, I'd never, I don't know how you get to my age and be a fan of baseball and miss something like this, you know, and you learn it for the first time. I guess it just shows you, you never stop learning really, no matter how old you get. So, I, as you can tell, I got several things buzzing around in my head. I need to just get right to it with you and make sure I don't waste your time. So, thanks for being here today. Comment if you're on the live stream, YouTube or Facebook. Hey to y'all. Drop a comment. I'll be able to see it right there. Chuck, the first to comment, he's on YouTube. He said, this has been a disappointing basketball season, to say the least. And I got some you know, thoughts on that. Like, where does the disappointment range and where should it range for fans and others who follow Mississippi State basketball. Had some expectations coming into the year and, and that kind of thing. They have dealt with injuries. You know, that's part of it sometimes also. Text me today on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or it's a 601 number, just 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone. That way I get to hear your voice and everybody else does too. And that's maybe even a better way to communicate. So give us a call. We can talk. 995-1059, the number to call. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Hey, Jim. Jim's on Facebook. Says, Hail State from Mason, Ohio. Back at you, Jim. And Steve, that's a good starting point, sir, to cover a little basketball from last night. The results, Mississippi State loses on the road at South Carolina. 66-56. 66-56. State scored 23 first-half points. Oh, man. I could go back and find the tweet. It was somewhere in that neighborhood for Kentucky against LSU last night, which Kentucky came back and won it. Well, I got it right here. Okay, here it is. Kentucky last night, top 10, top 5 team, who did win at home last night to come back against LSU, Kentucky also scored 23 points in the first half. That was a season low for Kentucky in points scored in the first half. State goes to South Carolina, does the same thing, 23 points in the first half. I don't think it's a season low in a half. 
And for State and the style of offense they play, it's just you don't even blink. Oh, they only scored 56, you know, in a 30-minute ball game. Oh, that's okay. They're trying to play low-scoring basketball. You know, it's kind of is what it is. They don't have shooters. And there's a big issue with this team. And we talked about it before, Steve. I looked up. I'm just, okay, I'm going to level with y'all. This is terrible to to have done this, but it just is what it is at this point. Um, some of y'all may be the same, and feel free to admonish me if somebody in my position doing this radio show should be better than this, and I'll take it. Okay, if you want to chew me out for it, but I didn't watch one dribble of that basketball game last night. Um, I was working on some other stuff, you know. I was kind of behind. I've missed a lot of time this week doing several things because I've been sick all week. But anyway, I didn't watch one dribble. And and maybe there are some excuses, but I'm just being honest. I, under no circumstances, it's not like I don't have any axe to grind with those players. I, they do give effort. Um, they have won a bunch of games at home. You know, they've played, they've had, played a lot of close games on the road. This is a 10-point deal on the road. But, folks, they haven't been – people can talk about bubble all they want to talk about. And, I mean, there have been people out here for the last week because State won two games against Missouri that went from uh, kind of down on them to, oh, there's a chance, bubble, 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 there's a chance, you know, they're hanging on by – I'm like, they are not hanging on by a thread. What leads you to believe that? Any you know anybody, right on up to what's his name, uh, Lenard? Uh, is it Lenardi that does the Angelo Lenardi? Anybody that over the last month was leading you to believe that State was sitting on the bubble with a chance to be in, it was just basic. They were lying to you, whether they knew they were or not. They were not even on the bubble. They're well off of it, and you go. Okay, they beat, you know, Missouri like a drum in Starkville. Okay, nobody that's making any selection whatsoever, anywhere within, you know, three miles of a selection process for that tournament is putting State in there or even moving them up to a bubble based on beating Missouri at home. And then you go to Missouri and win with a layup at the end of a game in the close game in front of about 500 fans. And I'm not even exaggerating. And then somehow that's supposed to, oh, there's another win. There's your first road win. Okay, congrats. It's just, it never was enough. It never was going to be enough. And so a lot of this talk and media have done it too. I don't know where they got it. That somehow that game last night against South Carolina was huge in regards to State getting in or not. And people going, oh, the bubble is now finally busted because they lost to South Carolina on the road. What? Well, I mean, under what, on what planet <laughs> is there a scenario where with State's record and that road game in the SEC, they're sitting there at 7-7 seven and seven in the SEC, and that road game is supposed to make the difference of giving you a chance to be in or out? No. <laughs> There's no such thing. It was, just down, it was almost irresponsible. By all these people for the last week and a half drumming up some scenario where State was either on the bubble or just right there and had a chance to, you know, 
go beat a team that's just like you with basically no chance of getting in the NCAA tournament with a very similar record. And that's supposed to like get you all excited about putting you in. I'm not putting you in. Based on what? Nothing. It has been a matter of fact for a good two weeks now. In reality, I don't care what anybody put on a website or on Twitter or on a podcast. For at least two weeks now, the reality is we already knew Mississippi State men's basketball would have to win the SEC tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. Guess what? That's the scenario today. But it's not because they lost to South Carolina last night. It's because that's been the case for two weeks, at least. <clears throat> I don't know why it's been so hard for some people to grasp the reality of that. Sure, we like Coach Allen. He's a really nice guy. He's done a very admirable job across the time that he's been there. Little ups and downs, and he just hadn't really made the big splash, but compared to what he walked into, it's night and day, let's be honest. I just don't get it. Okay, so I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm sort of going the long route to to try to paint some contextual picture here as to why I didn't watch one dribble. Why? What was the point of that? It's over. Tell me when the SEC tournament starts. This is their only chance. Well, Matt. Maybe it would make the difference in NIT seating. Bull, it doesn't. Dot, who cares? It's fed up with the NIT last year. State went right down to the wire to the end of it. We didn't even cover it on this show. I'm sorry. Tired of it. I mean, what's the point of the NIT? What are we supposed to celebrate about that? So what about I felt about it last year? Okay, so we're going to put 68 teams in the real tournament. You can't, you don't make that. And I'm supposed to get all, get a good feeling about wins and losses in the other tournament? The one that we do just because people need something to do, I guess? Not around here, and certainly not with baseball around here the way it is. So maybe it's just an excuse. Okay, that's fine if you think that. I'm just telling you the way I looked at it. What's the point of watching that? Number one, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose that game last night. They're not in. They never, they weren't. And, and, it, and it almost just rubs me the wrong way, <laughs> especially for like friendly media people over the last two weeks, two and a half, three weeks, to continually feed you, uh, the fans, a message of, Bubble, bubble, close. You know, this one, that. Oh, hanging on by thread. No. That rope's been cut for three weeks. No chance. The reality is for three weeks, you got one chance to get in the NCAA tournament to win the SEC tournament. These regular season games, you could. it's just like we talked about when they were getting ready to go on that last eight, nine game stretch. And there was a little disagreement here, but I went so far as to say you just about could win them all. And you're still not enough. What, are you going to have one... By the time this is over, what are you going to have? One road win in the SEC? One? And it was on the road at Missouri in front of an empty gymnasium. And you, it took a layup at the end. I mean, congrats. It's great. You know, wins are tough. I get that. But on the outside, looking in, in, the, in the conversation of the postseason, 
What are y'all doing? I mean, what in the world were you doing trying to drum up and get people to believe that they're fighting their way into the tournament? No, they weren't. They weren't when they got off the bus in South Carolina. So with all that said, let's get to one other thing that I've left this on the screen if you're watching the live stream. It's from Steve on Facebook who said, oh, for 14 from three-point range. Yeah, it was part of your big problem last night. State, as a team, was 0 for 14. Do you remember when I brought this up? <laughs> the last time I went in after a, a Mississippi State loss, do you all remember? I'm, I guarantee you, because it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago, Steve, where we had this same conversation after that, where they had a game where they went like two for something from three-point range. And what did I do? I went right here with you on the radio 14, 15 days ago, pulled up the SEC basketball stats. First of all, pointed out that basketball is the only sport that you can go to secsports.com, pull up the stats for that sport, and they go individuals first. Every other sport does all the team stats first, the way it ought to be. Not basketball. We're going to do individual stuff first. Now explain that to me. Well, anyway, I pointed that out. And then we scrolled down and looked at three-point shooting. State, then, same thing now, doesn't have one guy in the top 15 three-point shooters in the SEC. Folks, there's 14 teams. We can look at a top 15 or a top 20. State doesn't have one guy in the top 15 or 20 in the SEC shooting three-point shots behind the arc. Not one. And what did I do two weeks ago in that conversation? I asked you, when's the last time you had a three-point shooter? Really? A consistently good shooter and threat to hit shots, I mean, night in, night out, on the arc. When's the last time? So it does come down to recruiting. It does. Identify shooters, sign them, identify them, sign them, and then coach them. Okay, I mean, I, it's, it's so easy for somebody like me to simplify it that way. It's really not simple, but still, you're one of 14 teams in the Southeastern Conference. Find a shooter. You know, several years ago, Ole Miss took a chance on a guy from JUCO or something named Marshall Henderson. Okay, yeah, there were ups and downs in different ways with him, but you know what he did? Shot the lights out. About five out of six nights, shot the lights out. Everybody knew going into gym before they threw the opening tip. He's going to shoot the lights out. <laughs> we know it. And he gave him a chance, and he took him to the tournament. You must be able to shoot from the outside. Oh, Matt, well, you're a football guy. You're not a basketball guy. You didn't play. You didn't coach. Nope. That's how simple it is. <laughs> Don't have to be to know. So why not? If you were looking to point to one thing that has sort of plagued the teams that Ben Howland has coached, they have played good defense. They have been tough on the boards, and they have rebounded well. They've had size and played well around the, the rim. Reggie Perry, okay? 
They haven't. They've had way too many times where turnovers plague them because they don't have ball handlers, and they they simply can't shoot the ball well enough. Minus it being a layup, they simply can't shoot the ball well enough to overcome some teams, especially on the road. I get. Here's what I'm saying. You can't have a team in the SEC that will have any consistent success when you can't put a shooter in at least the top 15 three-point shooters in the league. Can't do it. When teams like Florida have two in the top 15. Even some bad teams have got two guys, one or two guys. 0 for 14 from three-point range. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing. And I realize there's a premium on other things, being able to defend and rebound. I mean, you got to have a shooter. Or at least the threat of it. You know, you look at the careers of Reggie Perry. And he's super-duper versatile. In fact, as crazy as this sounds, 6'10", Robert Woodard, or ever how tall, 6'8", and 6'10", Reggie Perry, might have been two of the more consistent three-point shooters in terms of their percentage that he's coached. And they're some of the tallest guys he's coached. Uh, you know, and weren't playing guard positions. But So that's a big issue right there. Doggone on the country pleasing text line said, Who's the best shooter in MSU history? My choice, Jeff Malone. He was in range when he walked in the gym. Uh, Daryl Wilson. Now, look, and I know that was a very successful Richard Williams team that he coached that went to the Final Four. They had all these pieces and they had an NBA center in Dampier, who, by the way, his son's in the sixth grade and he's dunking on people. That's, that's not made up. Dampier and uh, Walters, you know, around the rim and. But that was a team that had Daryl Wilson and then Bart High should come off the bench. Listen, I'm telling you right now in 2022, y'all think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. Right now, 2022, those guys are 40-something years old. And Daryl Wilson and Bart High should hit more three-pointers in those ball games than apparently they can now on the team. I hadn't even seen Daryl Wilson. <laughs> he may be a little out of shape like me. Bet he would hit more shots. Okay, so that was what, 96, 97? And then since then, you've had some shooters, man. You think about that Stansberry team with Lawrence Roberts that had Shane Power and, um, oh, help me out, Frazier. Winsome Frazier? Are you kidding me? A team that had Lawrence Roberts in the paint. You know, Brandon Vincent in there was a bull in a china shop. And on the perimeter out there running around is Shane Power and Winsome Frazier? What? Oh, and by the way, Timmy Bowers handling the basketball? Nobody. You go, well, Lawrence Roberts at six foot, what was he, seven? was an automatic double-double points and rebounds every night. How do you do that at 6'7"? I'll tell you how. Nobody could leave those other guys alone on the perimeter. 
All we had to do is run something to put power in the corner and win some on the wing, and the whole defense goes, Whoosh! because if you don't, they're going to beat you hitting shots from behind the arc. Frazier would get hot and hit seven, and they knew it. There was a lot of room and space in and around that paint for Lawrence Roberts, and one-on-one, he chewed people up and spit them out. And guess what? you got a guy on the team this year who's capable of that. He's bigger, longer, and just as athletic as Lawrence uh, Roberts was. And that's Tolu Smith. And you know what he's doing? In the paint, it's like he's in a bouncy house every night. There's five people around him, and they're banging off all each, each other, and he can't even get his arms up to get up to the rim without a double team. Why? They're not worried about anything in the perimeter. Please take the three-point shot, because guess what? 0 for 14. <laughs> there it is. I mean, and if, you know, if you're a defending state, with the way that Molinar can put the ball on the floor and beat anybody one-on-one to the rim, you try to man him up and get in his face, he goes for 30 because he beats anybody off the dribble, goes right to the rim, and either lays it in or goes to the free throw line. So why would you get in his face? Just give him space. Make it harder on him to beat you on the dribble. Give him the option to shoot, see if they'll take it. It's just frustrating because they have a lot of the pieces. They have not recruited one consistent three-point shooter, and that's why they are where they are. They are going to have to win the SEC tournament to get in the tournament, and it's been that way for almost a month, and anybody who said otherwise has been lying through their teeth to you. Stick around. And now the guy who's not bald. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, coming to some of your texts and your comments now here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Uh, Steve enjoyed the rant. He said, you're on fire, Matt. I'm glad that's not literal. (laughs) I look like my college roommate. I would look like him that time that we had the door shut. We were actually watching a a basketball game in our dorm room at State. We had the door shut. We were always playing tricks on each other, teammates who lived in different rooms. And uh, Two guys from the fourth floor, one of them's now my brother-in-law, we'd played a trick on them. So they came down and lit a bottle rocket and laid it on the floor and just shot it under the door up into our room. <laughs> we're just minding our own business, watching basketball in the dorm room. Paul Mooney, our, my roommate in our center, was sitting on the couch like this. Well, you know, had on a white T-shirt. And he says, you hear that? And I, we could hear some kind of little racket. And all of a sudden, in our room with us, <laughs> a bottle rocket shot in there. In a split second, I turned around, I looked at him, and his T-shirt was already on fire, burning holes in it. He was patting it out <laughs> on his belly. And as I looked at him patting his belly out right behind me over here by the window, Pow! <laughs> bottle rocket blew up <clears throat> and uh, we had to open the window and get that smoke out of there so you guys didn't know to practice stop drop and roll well there wasn't <laughs> let me put it this way 
there was not enough room in that dorm room for a guy <laughs> six eight three hundred pounds to roll at all. You know. Oh, that's probably true. I mean, it was such a tight deal. That's what I would look like if I were literally on fire. Uh, Roshana also felt the heat. <laughs> Roshana said, uh, it all comes down to recruiting. We barely get shooters or point guards ever. I'm going to point that out as well, Roshana here. I'm going to give you a stat that might knock you back a little bit. Roshana said, uh, the whole team last night, except for Tolu, went 11 for 40 from the field. And she told me she appreciated the honesty Men's basketball, you have to have shooters. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, just you know, no doubt about it. People calling for a change. Now, here's a stat I wanted to give to you. Okay, and then I'm coming to your text messages. Anthony and Hoghead and Jonathan and Jason and Carlos and all y'all. So soak these in now. These are offensive stats. Soak it up. It's like we said two weeks ago, still stands. You don't have a single guy from state in the top 15 three-point shooters in the league, in a league with 14 teams. You don't, you don't have a guy in the top 15. You know, I don't think they even have one in the top 20. We'll look and see. That's really bad. Okay, but, you know, you can you win with, without being a good or, or real significant three-point threat? Okay, you can. You can, right? You can play half-court offense. If you went around the rim a lot, maybe you keep totally healthy, you handle the ball, you don't turn it over in your half court. All right, we'll try this one on. State doesn't have anybody in the top 10 of the SEC in assists. Now, please, if you're a basketball person, you really understand X's and O's, you can, you can educate me. I'll listen, okay? I don't pretend to be an expert. I'm just going all, I'm kind of going, wait a minute, hold on now. All right. So you're not a you're not a you don't run a lot. You do some, but you know you're pretty much set up the half court offense team. That's kind of their reputation. That's why they play. And with that, they're not taking threes. And when they do take threes, they don't hit them. And during all of that, so we're going to be a half court offense. We're not going to take threes or hit threes. We're going to play defense and win low scoring games and win around the rim. Yet you don't have one player in the top ten in assists. So when we talk about guards and handling the ball, being unselfish on offense, see, somebody texted me as an unnamed texture here on the show in the Country Pleasing text line and said a former coach who is an analyst says that State plays too much one-on-one and not enough team ball. Hmm, okay. Well, maybe there's our answer. <laughs> We're not running. You're a half-court, set it up, wind down a shot clock, shorten the game offense. Coupled with, you don't have a single player in the top 10 in assists in the SEC. Well, there you go. Yeah, you are playing one-on-one basketball from the half court. You score 56 points pretty consistently on the road. It ain't going to cut it, man. And, And I'll be honest with you. Even if it was cutting it, and like on some of those other teams, but even if you had a few more wins and you were on the bubble, you it's it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch. Slow half court. We're in the half court, but we're not, a lot of times, not really running anything. We'll spread it out and see if Molinar can get to the basket and draw a foul. I mean, none of it's good enough. 
Uh, Molinar is sixth in the SEC in field goal percentage. Uh, he is second in the SEC in free throw percentage. Okay, so for the majority of the year, any and all offense has gone through him, and, and we know that. And then you get down to uh, yeah, three-point shots. Uh, it's still the same. You don't have anybody in the top 15. A 14-team league, you don't have one guy in the top 15 in three-point shooting. And I pointed this out just like I did two weeks ago. I'll point it out again. For example, Alabama has two in the top 15 in three-point shooting. Alabama, they ain't that great. Top 25, okay, whatever. We'll see how deep they go in the tournament. Florida has two in the top 15. I mean, listen, South Carolina has two guys in the top 15 in three-point shooting. Ole Miss has got one in there, top 15. Auburn's got a couple. Even Georgia's got one. And <laughs> they are horrible. I mean, they put a guy in the top 15 in three points. You know, we got a transfer portal. Go recruit that guy. I'm only I'm really only halfway kidding. And then the last stat that I'm going to point out is uh, on the team side, the three-point numbers. I looked this up last night. So after last night's game, three-point percentage, three-point percentage, State is 13th out of 14 teams. That's percentage, number of you hit related to how many you take. Okay, they are 13th out of 14 teams. However, they've hit the fewest three-point shots of any SEC team. Tennessee has hit almost 100 more three-point shots this year than State has. Vandy's hit 60, 70 more. Alabama has hit over 100 more three-point shots this year in state. And you do have a win over Alabama. So state's 13th out of 14 in percentage. They have taken the fewest three-point shots. They have hit the fewest. The only reason they're ahead of Missouri in three-point percentage is because Missouri's hit three more than State has, but Missouri has attempted about 60 more shots. It's a big part of the issue. You want to pair that with the other end of the court, State is in the bottom half of the league in three-point defense. So how you lose on the road? You don't defend the perimeter? And you go 0 for 14 from three-point range. All right. Y'all may be sick of this by now. Let's see what the feedback is. Carlos was bringing up Dante Jones. Yeah, he was a guy who would rise and fire and hit some shots in the uh, from, from deep. Um, but really, I mean, the constant three-point threat on that Final Four team was Daryl Wilson. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, the team with Perry and Woodard, by the way, was the last four out when COVID canceled the season. Uh, the team with Perry Woodard and Q Weatherspoon. All second-round NBA draft picks, by the way. 
got beat by Liberty in the tournament. <laughs> it's just not good enough. And here's the other thing, too, okay? When, when you're so inept shooting the basketball, you know, outside of 15 feet, you're so inept at hitting threes, open ones, contested ones, it doesn't matter. I can't help but wonder if you just aren't working at it enough. Enough time on your own. Putting up enough shots year-round. I just can't help but wonder that. I could be wrong. Jonathan says, my kids are at Hartfield. Got a sixth grader. Saw Dan Pierce's kid play football. He's a tight end. And then saw him play basketball last year. He was tripping over his own size 14 shoes. I said, when he figures it out, it's over. One year later, update, it's over. <laughs> so you're telling me that in the fifth grade, the kid had size 14 shoes? Hoghead Cheese says, Matt, it's time to move on from basketball. They're simply mediocre at best. And then David said, uh, the only way you can win the way State plays is to have a shutdown defense. And, you know, to Howland's credit, he's recognized that and preaches defense. Coaches, it's always defense first. But you're right. It's got to materialize. It's hard to beat people on the road in the SEC scoring 56 points. I don't care who you are on defense. All right. We'll move on to bigger and better things. Coming up in the Bureau. Stick around. For the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And who's on your radio? Right now! now. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show. Ba, ba, ba. Here we go. Back with you in the Bureau on this Thursday. Quick reminder of a couple things. Uh, well, one thing in particular. Uh, I will not be here tomorrow. Will not be here tomorrow. So, I think we ought to preview some baseball. Uh, make sure we know who's playing who and what uh, this weekend. It will start tomorrow. You have Friday, Saturday, Sunday series going on. Um, and I'll be back with you on Monday as usual. But I will be out tomorrow. And appreciate your understanding. All right. Let's head over to the phone. Divinity Equipment phone line. 601 number 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Rooster, hanging on line one. What's up, Rooster? I don't hear him. Do you hear him, Bill? Yeah, he should be there. I'm here. Okay. All right. I'm here. All right, I got you now, Rooster. Start over for me. Sorry about that. Oh, no. I, I was just listening to the show. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm trying to be political and mean on Thursday, but eh, basketball, they're going to wind up 99 probably, which is so-so, I guess. But have you looked at the Jackson State football schedule, what I really called about? Yeah, That's you know, so -so. yeah, I saw that. And then uh, Kobe, who calls in some, he texted me yesterday and kind of confirmed it. Uh, and, and we covered it. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think, Rooster, when they made the decision to not go to Memphis, and instead they added – I can't who, remember who it is, and they're going to play Grambling. I, I can't remember who it was they added, though, 
in place of that game. Do you remember? Uh, no, but I'm just, I just noticed that it's another so-so schedule, and it looks like 11 games rather than 12. I could be wrong about that, but it just bothers me that Deion Sanders can't get State, Ole Miss, Southern, or anybody to play him. Well, you know, what, what the reason is. Well, okay, let me throw something same, at you. Let, you know, me, same, let me throw a reason. Same paper, the same paper has State added Western Michigan. Who cares about Mississippi State and Western Michigan? How about Mississippi State and Jackson State or Mississippi State and Alcorn? Sold out. Yeah. I guarantee you it's sold out. Yeah, maybe so. Um, well, here's the thing about it. Yeah. Okay, first of all, a lot of the schedule stuff, okay, a lot of the scheduling is made years in advance. Okay, so it could be that they're working on something. And here's there are two things you have to consider, and I, I'm not making excuses. I'm I would just say if I if somebody asked me what's the reason, these are a couple of things I'd start thinking about. Okay, number one, under the current way the SEC teams have to schedule, they can only have one FCS game on their schedule per year. You can only have one. Um, you got four non-conference games right now at State and Ole Miss and right. Southern Miss, but. For State and Ole Miss, the SEC has a, you know, um, power conference mandate, so they have to schedule at least one Power Five non-conference games. The other two ha- can be Division One, you know, FBS games that are not Power Five, and then you're going to have one FCS. So I don't know this, but for all I do know, it, you might look up and go, okay, well, for the next three or four years these schools have already signed deals with upcoming FCS teams, and so those teams can plan on it. They know they're going to get a million-dollar check or whatever. Okay, so that's one thing. Here's the other thing, though, Rooster, that I think, as it stands right now, not saying it's an excuse. Hear me on this, because this is true. All the SEC ADs uh, with the commissioner, the presidents of the schools, they all know that they're getting a new television deal in 2024 they're getting two new teams texas and oklahoma coming in 2024-25 which is right around the corner yet they still can't agree in their own meetings what the scheduling format will be when that happens what i'm saying is because they can't agree you got half the league right now the decision makers who want to keep the current scheduling model play eight conference games four non-conferences look what i was doing and then you got the other half going, no, we need to play nine conference games, eliminate a nine conference. They haven't they can't agree on it. They've not made a decision. And I think that really, you know, John Cohen and State could very well want to, would love to have Jackson State come to Starkville, say, for the opener. Or maybe even get together and play it in Jackson. I don't know, they might love to do that. But I have a hunch there they aren't many SEC schools that are going too far down the road of filling up all their non-conference slots, maybe one here and one there, but they're leaving some open every year because there's a possibility that they may not have four non-conference games after 2024. They may only have three. You know, if they only have three, are they going to have a mandate that is, hey, no more scheduling FCS opponents, period, end of story? Or or, or not. I just don't know. I think um, – that's some stuff that I immediately start thinking about in the, the details of making some of these schedules 
You know, State has played Jackson State before. Uh, I guess it was two different times during the Mullen era. But I agree with you. And they played Alcorn, I know, once during the Mullen era in Starmel. I agree with you. Those should happen more often. Um, I would absolutely rather see State and Ole Miss give, you know, sign that check to play that FCS game and, and it go to Alcorn or it go to Jackson State once every couple of years or whatever it is, instead of it being, you know, um, some, some FCS school from Louisiana, which happens a lot, you know, or Central Arkansas, which happens a lot. But as it stands right now, I could just see if you're in the position of that AD right now, you might be holding off because you just don't know what the format's going to be in three to four years from right now. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, and my complaint is not really with the SEC and the ones I mentioned. It's it's mostly with Dion because he sure needs to expand his fan base. And he's not going to expand his fan base by that schedule. He's got to play somebody that that people, you know, outside his normal fan base will go, go see. I don't want to be too political. But, you know, I was around during the days when Jackson – Sold out, double headers, SEC games, sixty thousand people. You yeah. had West Street, North State Street, one way for all the traffic. Well, but now, here's the thing: not not to not going to work with that schedule. Well, look, Rooster. Here's the thing, though: not to just argue with you for the sake of arguing. This is a, a legit question for you. I'm going, but didn't they just have some sellouts this past year with the schedule they just played, and they went undefeated in the SWAC, and they got a great chance no, to do that was, again? I don't there think. Was, there were no games. There were no games sold out, and it doesn't seat what it seat what it seated thirty years. Well, they ago. had a game last year. No, no, they had a game last year. They reported like sixty eight thousand people, more than State or Ole Miss had at any of their home games. I was there. I was there. It was not sold out. No, it doesn't seat sixty eight thousand. It doesn't even seat fifty eight thousand anymore. Now hold on. They that... took up the bleachers. They took up the seats in the end in the bleachers. They're not there anymore. Well, I'm just going on what they reported. I'm going on what was reported. It was reported that they had the capacity of Memorial Stadium is probably fifty nine thousand tops, and it hadn't been sold out since the nineties. Okay, what they reported, I was there. Okay, so you you're know, saying that they need to schedule some better teams to come to Jackson in order to expand the fan base. Yes, he talks about recognition for HBCU. Well, you've got to play some different teams. You got to play the. If you, and again, I'm not the argument as much with the SEC because what you said is correct. You've got uh, <laughs> a whole lot of hindrances, but you know the headline today: Western Michigan. Who cares about Western? Well, Michigan? here's the thing. I just told you, Rooster. They're a Division One team, though. They're an FBS conference team, yeah. which is much different yeah. than the they every SEC school, state and Ole Miss included, has many more slots to fill non-conference games of, against FBS teams than they do FCS. And I'm just saying that could be the reason. You know, the, the, it's just hard for me to believe that he couldn't that Dion couldn't get somebody interested some, somewhere. Well, why is it him though? That's the, you keep saying you keep saying Dion, but I'm not. I mean, like, what does he have to do with the scheduling? Sanders. But it's not his job. They didn't hire him to make the schedule. That's the athletics department and the AD. Like, is that guy just a figurehead or what? Dion's foot coaching football. Not to mention he's got to put 25 pounds back on and get healthy after almost losing his leg last year. And we're expecting him to 
make a football schedule? I mean, I, I said I don't want to be political, but I would think that Deion Sanders carries a little more clout than I don't even know who the athletic director <laughs> AD is. Well, I would think that he carries more clout. Sure. And if, if he doesn't, something is wrong. If they're using the AD and he's number one over Deion Sanders, Jay State's got a problem. Well, maybe. I'm looking here. Okay, so the schedule comes out. Uh, Florida A&M. No, no, that's been changed. The Tennessee State game is gone, so that's the old schedule. Grambling. Hey, by the way, did you see where Grambling today hired Art Bryles, the former Baylor coach, to be their offensive coordinator? No, I didn't see that. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep, it just came out. Sure did. All right. Okay. Oh, shut up. Go dog. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Uh, Mad Tiger on line two. We took up a lot of time, Mad Tiger. We got about a minute here. Thanks for being patient. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mad Tiger. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, Jackson State has a good AD. Uh, he redid the uh, Paraview program, and uh, their facilities are top-notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he came to Jackson. But one thing I want to say about the schedule is um, it just could have been that they couldn't get anything to jive with other teams to play it. But if you notice, he has an open week at the end of the season. I saw that. I sure did. Man had an enlarged bid to the playoffs last year. If Jackson wins the sweat this year, they're going to opt out of the celebration bowl. Okay. And then maybe they get the at-large bid to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how Florida and them went last year. They were an at-large bid. Okay. So if he's ranked in the top 16 and they offer, they're going to go to the playoffs. Very cool. I didn't know that. Mad Tiger, it's always good to hear your voice. Sorry the music's cutting us off. Y'all stick around.